0: It's been almost two decades since we started our journey to educate and help you take action so you may better manage your financial future. Our goal is to help you accomplish your life's purpose. This podcast reveals financial tips, strategies, and insights that will help you to set your financial goals and guide you along the way. This is Managing Your Financial Future, brought to you by the advisors at Lucia Capital Group. Welcome back. Welcome back, Professor Plum. This guy, say hi. Hi. Uh, Johnny Dean is this guy. Say hi, John. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. I'm your podcast host, not your advisor, but Professor Plum is. And wanted to get into something. Oh, first of all, did you notice, I think last, was it last week, we had all this jackhammering, because we're in our new studios, as people are tired of hearing, but but we're, you know. We're in we're, our temporary
1: new studios.
0: Temporary, are, yeah, while they finish our other studio. But have you noticed,
1: there is Less silence. Now, I've just jinxed us. Oh, yeah. They're still working, and they still are doing some drilling and other things, but not as much. No. Now, I want to tell them.
0: Guys, we're doing a podcast. Feel free. They don't see, care.
1: They're going to do this. They're
0: going to start jackhammering any minute now. So if you hear that.
1: But in a, in a couple of months, if you're in the area, down in San Diego, Southern California area, come see. Come us. by and see the new studios, the new office. It's going to be a great thing.
0: It's going to be even better than I had envisioned. I mean, I, I've seen the layout of it now, and they've got the walls in and everything, and it's going to look pretty darn cool. So uh, anyway, uh, that's uh, that's sort of the temporary stuff. Now, here's the thing um we're recording this one here now in early feb this is going to come out in mid to late february this particular podcast um but right in the middle of tax
1: doing season we're in tax season and will be for at least a couple of more months some of you may have already filed your taxes good for you but the majority of people probably have not
0: (laughs) no they have not and uh i'm looking at this I was trying to figure out whether we should do a podcast on this, but but you as an advisor professor, you get a lot of questions from people. There's a lot of interest in this, um, these these
1: tax forms. Well, there's no interest in actually doing their taxes, but there's a lot of interest in I need to get them done, so yeah. I need to make sure that I have all the forms so that when I go see my accountant or when I sit down at the computer, whether you do your own or have somebody else do it, I, I want to make sure I have everything available so that I can actually sit down and do it once and be done with
0: it <laughs> well it's 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 so confusing. But let's start with the first thing, which is the tax filing date. and it seems to me <laughs> when was the last time it was actually April fifteenth? It seems like it's been a while.
1: Uh, yeah, they extended it last year, but it's supposed to be, April fifteenth is what everybody thinks of as the tax filing date, unless April fifteenth falls on a weekend. Well, it doesn't fall on a weekend. this year it falls on a Monday, I believe, yes.
0: Well, no, no it no, doesn't. It, no, it's it, a Friday. It falls on a Friday. It's a Friday this year. But
1: Friday is a a holiday in the District of Columbia. So right. Washington, D.C. has a holiday. So they've postponed it through the weekend. And so the tax filing deadline, you get a couple extra days to do your taxes or to fret about them. Uh, for the majority of the states, 48 of the 50 states uh, and Washington, D.C., the tax filing deadline is April 18th, Which, the following Monday. Yes. Yes. Now there are two. I think it's Maine and New Hampshire. Uh, uh, it's no, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Maine yes. and Massachusetts have until the Tuesday, the nineteenth, because the eighteenth is a holiday in those two states.
0: That's the uh, <laughs> Emancipation Day. But no, only those. No, no I'm sorry, that's that, Patriots Day.
1: But that's only in those two states. Those
0: two states, because the Patriots Day holiday is on the eighteenth. Anyway, so so, so fig- for
1: figure the middle of October, or middle of April, you're going to have to have these things done.
0: Yeah, April 18th for most people, April 19th if you're in Maine or Massachusetts. I'm assuming that their state taxes, if they same, have them, they follow. they follow the same thing. So so that's the first thing is your tax filing date will not be Friday the uh, 15th. It will be Monday the 18th for most people.
1: Now, if you really can't get it done by then, you can file for an automatic extension. Uh, just get it filed by those dates, and you have then up until October 15th or maybe 17th, 17th, Monday the 17th, because it does, that falls on a weekend, uh, October 17th to actually file your return. Now, if you go on extension, that doesn't give you more time to create cash to pay your taxes. You are supposed to pay what you think or what you basically owe on April 15th. Even though you file an extension, it doesn't give you file to pay or time to pay. If, If you, you know, you did your taxes and you're like, Oh man, I owe them some money and i don't have that money in cash right now filing an extension doesn't help that too much because you you'll be paying interest on the the late filing at that point so you're supposed to file with a proposed a a guess how do you uh, do that a lot of people just overpay a little bit i mean you just send you you just
0: send in a directive of money without sending in your actual you, you well, file the, the extension and with the extension you send a payment
1: yes okay and, I've and, never done that. And so. then when you reconcile it, when you actually file your return, if you pay too much, you get a refund at that point.
0: And if you don't, if you hadn't paid enough, because the, in many cases, it's a guess at that point, uh, mm-hmm. you'll, then you'll pay some more when you file the return penalties. But, but the failure to
1: file penalty is worse. Right. I mean, anything that you pay more than what you already owe in taxes is worse so why would you put yourself in a position to pay exactly. penalties and or interest exactly no. so th- that's your filing date now we've
0: got uh, by now everybody should have sh- gotten your w2s and your 1099s right,
1: well the majority of your 1099s you should have received anything work related if you were a uh, independent contractor you're getting a 1099 miscellaneous you should have received that w2s you should have received that and also uh, retirement accounts if you have been taking Money out of a retirement account, or if you took money out of a retirement account and rolled it over or did anything, any the retirement accounts uh, the ten ninety nine r for a retirement account. Uh, they you should have already received those. If you haven't received them, and you think you should, contact your financial institution, and they will tell you why or. Where they are, or why you did not receive one?
0: Aren't those supposed to be out by the end of January? Yes,
1: the the, the filing deadline. Some send them out a little bit earlier than that, but the thirty first of January was the deadline for sending those out.
0: So you should have all your W 2s your your work related ten ninety nines, yeah, and, and your ten ninety nine R ten ninety nine
1: yeah, you should. If you don't have your ten ninety nine R's, then you and you know we're already in late February. Start looking for them
0: <laughs> now. Let's let's mention one thing that you have brought up on this ten ninety nine R form, which bears repeating because we've talked about things we've talked about this uh, qualified charitable distribution that some people have done and where they have sent money directly from their ira to a qualified
1: charity right and we get this from time to time where somebody will call in and say i received my 1099 and it shows that i took ten thousand dollars out of my ira you know but I sent that money directly to a charity through a QCD. Right? Why I need to get the corrected 1099. Make sure that they send me the appropriate. No, they're not going to get a corrected 1099. The 1099. There is no place on a 1099 to code any distribution as a QCD. All the IRA custodian does is treat it as a normal distribution. So if you took out ten thousand dollars and had it sent directly to the IRA to the custo- to the charity as a QCD, you're going to get a 1099 for $10,000 as if you took the money out yourself and did something else with it. It's your responsibility to either if you file your tax return to account for it on your tax return or to inform your tax preparer, hey, of this 1099 money that I took out of the IRA, X amount of dollars, all of it, you know, 5,000, whatever the number is, went to charity and then they will account for it on your tax return. Everything that's done for a qualified charitable distribution is done on the tax return, not the 1099. So it will be part of whatever distributions you've taken from your IRA. If you're taking 1000 a month to live and then you put, and you gave $5,000 to a charity as a QCD, you're going to get a 1099 that shows a normal distribution of $17,000, Thousand a month is twelve thousand dollars plus the five thousand. They're not going to differentiate and say, "Well, some of it's not going to be taxable." That is what you have to do on your, unfortunately, on your own tax return.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's better to do that now rather than realize it afterwards and try to amend or explain. Right. Because if
1: you don't account for it on your tax return the right way, and just if you just hand your tax preparer the ten ninety nine and don't tell them anything about it, they don't know. They're going to put seventeen thousand down as the taxable amount. And you're going to pay taxes on that QCD, which is not right. The same thing happens as if you did a rollover. If you took money out and then within sixty days put it back in, you're gonna get a ten ninety nine that shows the distribution that came from the IRA. So let's say you did a you know fifty thousand dollar rollover for whatever reason you took fifty thousand out and within the sixty days, the one time a year, you know, one a twelve month rolling period, you put it back in, everything's legit. But you get a ten ninety-nine for fifty thousand dollars. And when you say, well, I rolled it back in, so it's not taxable. I'll just ignore this 1099. Uh, don't do that. Because account for it appropriately, because what the IRS is asking is how much was distributed, and that goes into box 4A, and then how much of that was taxable, and that goes into 4B. So if you don't put that you received the 50,000 and that none of it was taxable because I got rolled over, the computers very easily catch that. Uh, the IRS computers, I should say, and you will receive a nasty gram from them saying, "Hey, your taxes are off by fifty thousand dollars. Your income was off by fifty thousand dollars. You owe us another ten thousand plus dollars in in taxes." Unless up. you can explain, I guess. Well, yeah. yeah. At that point, now you have to explain. But you and I have talked about it before. I don't care how perfect your tax return is. If you get a letter from the U.S. Treasury from the IRS, <laughs> IRS. even if you know that you're in the right your heart skips a beat. It's no fun. And you have to go back and then explain to them and show them here's the money coming out. Here's the money going back in. Leave me alone.
0: That Uh, happened to me just last week. Yes. And I got the envelope. Whoa. It said tax information, important tax information, which made me think it's just information, but what do they want? And of course I tore it open right there at the mailbox. They wanted to it, it was just something else that had happened. It, it was it was nothing. It was just tax information.
1: But it's if you do it the right way the first time, you can avoid the hassle, the headache, the heartache, yeah. Yeah. and and even though it's going to come out fine, why have to, why why put yourself in a situation to deal with it?
0: Yeah. So if you did a qualified charitable distribution, or if you did a rollover that yeah. you just like you just described, where you took money out and may, and put it back, yeah you need to explain just, why
1: don't don't think well it's not taxable so i'm going to ignore it don't ignore it just account for it correctly unfortunately you do have to account for it correctly and life will be good <laughs> um what is the consolidated 1099 this well, is
0: something else that people should have gotten by now
1: or they should be receiving now they typically come out the 18th but it may take a couple days february. for mail. yeah february uh now the a consolidated 1099 is for People that have non-IRA accounts, you have a personal investment account, a joint account. Um, you know, a tr- you have a living trust and you have a trust account. It's not an IRA. It's not a tax deferred investment. Mm-hmm. Well, on those types of accounts, if you're earning interest, you know, you get taxed on that interest, whether you use it, you know, spend it or not. You get taxed on dividends, whether you take them out of the account or not, capital gains, if you sell a security, capital gain distributions from mutual funds. Those are all taxable, even if you never see the cash. And so the consolidated 1099 is one 1099 that basically has those four potential, three or four potential 1099s all in one block, one page. So it's one form? It's one form that is broken into pieces, I mean, sections. You got your 1099INT for interest, your 1099DIV, DIV, your 1099B for the sales of securities. And then, the, so the the actual 1099 is one page that has those three 1099s on it. But then there's probably anywhere from 2, 3 to 50 or 60 pages of supporting reports behind it. The IRS doesn't get the supporting reports. They only get the, the consolidated 1099 page 1. And the reason for that is those supporting reports help you manipulate your what you're trying to accomplish. It tells you what's going on. And over the past 10-12 years, we've had a change in tax filing issues in the past prior to 2010, 2011, somewhere in that time horizon. If we sold the stock, you know, we we bought IBM back in the 60s. (laughs) Okay. 80s. Okay. And then we've sold it. You know, we we bought it for a thousand bucks and we sold it for three thousand dollars. We did pretty good. The ten ninety nine will only show at back in the day, this is back in history, would only show the sale proceeds, the three thousand dollars. So the, the expectation was 100% of it is taxable until you, the taxpayer, tell me what your tax basis was. And so when you did your tax return, the IRS only knows about the $3,000 of total proceeds. You have to account for it and say, well, I paid 1000 bucks for it, so the capital gain is really only 2000 or whatever the number is. Well, that led to a lot of um, what a headache. lying, shall we say? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, was it lying or or was well, there it was also some that just you had no idea, you had no
1: idea. Yeah. And, but there was also a lot of fraud. I mean, let's be real. I mean, people hey, are like, okay. you know, I bought this, you know, Apple, and it's now worth fifty thousand dollars. Uh, I only paid a thousand for it in nineteen ninety four. I was like no i paid 2000 so i'm going to take a loss on it but, so but there was no it was very difficult for the irs to track it so they, they in, around 2011 or 12 they passed a law that said the brokerage company you know wherever you hold your securities is now going to be responsible for telling us what the basis is what you paid for it we're not going to give the taxpayer the ability to say i don't know and also to take the burden off the taxpayer when they didn't know And so any security that was purchased after certain dates, they're called covered securities and the supporting reports and everything will show. So now the basis on anything that was purchased after the enactment of the law is shown on the 1099, but only the basis on securities that were purchased after the enactment of the date. So if you have securities that you held a lot from before that, they won't be on there. And so that's what the supporting reports are for. The supporting reports will tell you what you actually paid for it if the brokerage company has that information. So you you need to be able to look through it and understand what you're doing. Otherwise, you're going to pay tax on too much gain. you got to be careful of this stuff. This is why we're
0: talking about this. Now, do you also get revised 1099s the way... Oh, the revised
1: 1099s. Yes, 1099s will sometimes be revised. They have to come out by a certain date. So they start sending them out in the middle of February. But sometimes... The income from – depending upon the type of security you have, uh, if it's just a stock and you you never received a dividend, you're not going to get a revised. You, you bought it and you sold it. No big deal. But if it's a like a REIT, real estate investment trust or something of that nature, some kind of flow-through entity, a lot of times you know, the dividend, the income that you receive from it – isn't all taxable and sometimes they reclassify it but the brokerage company doesn't get the information from the underlying uh, investment company until after the fact Mm. and so they issue they know what went through they know that you received five thousand dollars in dividends and so the but if they don't have anything else to go on they'll just say you received five thousand dollars of a dividend and then three four weeks later the investment company finally sends them the information oh of that five thousand. 3,000 of it was taxable. and 2,000 of it was considered a return of capital or whatever. So we're going to revise the 1099 to show a different amount of taxability.
0: Now, what if you filed your 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 return, though? And then in, in late
1: March, you get this... Uh... Well, it could be even later than that in some cases. But uh, depending upon the size of the reclassification, I've seen them reclassified for a dollar. Oh, and wow. at that point, I'm not going to worry about it. But I've also seen reclassifications for tens of thousands of dollars. At that point... I'm going to file an amended return. Oh,
0: man. Which, if you're using a tax accountant, is going to get expensive. Right. But. And
1: so, if you have sophisticated investments, pass-through entities and things of that nature, oh, and if you get K-1s, those are the Well, next. that's my
0: next one. Speaking of revised is,
1: forms, yep. K-1, I, I don't know how many people get K-1s. If you uh, uh, own S-Corps, partnerships, uh, master limited partnerships, limited partnerships, uh, lots of real estate projects and things of that nature... Uh, if, you're going to get a K-1 from that investment. A K-1 is the businesses. It's basically, if you're a partner, how much of what happened at that partnership income and expense level is yours? You know, How much of the deductions do you get? How much of the depreciation, other things? The K-1 has all that on that. And a lot of times, you know, the K-1s have to come out by a certain date, but the underlying entity hasn't even done their taxes yet. So they make a quick one and send it out, and then they revise it <laughs> when the real numbers come in, when they actually file their return for their. But the K-1s don't come out till mid-March. Uh, I you, had heard. is Even it, the first one.
0: Yeah, now I had heard that sometimes revised K-1s can be as late as July. Is uh-huh. that
1: true, August? A lot of times you, you think of these these underlying business entities, this partnership, this limited partnership, this master limited partnership, whatever it might be they don't know the exact numbers to put on the K1 until they do their tax return. And if they've gone on extension, they don't do their tax return until a couple months after the fact. And so I know that a lot like in our firm, uh, we have portfolios for individuals and we just we tell them do not invest in anything that has a K1. We will you know even though it might be a good investment, the person the underlying investor does not want to deal with K1s. So don't invest in anything that has a K1 and so it, it takes the you know a little bit off the table but it sure takes some headache off the table too but yeah if you are have any of these pastor entities and you're going to get a K1, do not expect to file your tax return early. Yeah you know, I mean just expect to file it on April 18th this year because of the delayed filing date. Uh, and hope you don't get a revised one after the fact,
0: which if you do, I guess you got f- to amend a return and or? on
1: the other side, if you know that you're going to get a revised one because you know that the the entity that you're dealing with mm-hmm. always issues revised you know ten nine or well ten nine nines or k ones, go on extension and wait to get it so you don't have to file you know file what you think you owe file and, the
0: extension is, that, is an easy thing to do
1: yeah, it's real easy i okay, mean it's one so, page and okay. it's automatic you don't even have to give an excuse.
0: You just, you just pay, pay what you owe. Yeah, pay what you owe up if, to that if point if you, if you think you owe. If anything. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Filing extension is easy. A, um, now, the other reason somebody might want to file an extension is they're a business owner, maybe a sole proprietor. They don't have any employees to worry about, so this makes it easy. And they want to do a retirement plan for last year. Because that's one thing that a business owner can oh, do at yeah. this point. But they don't have the cash available yet. So they file an extension so they can build up some cash to put into their SEP or whatever they're doing. Uh, and as long as they put it in before they actually file on a valid extension, oh, it counts. That's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know anybody who would have done
0: that years ago, Rick. (laughs) I don't know either, Rick. I forgot about that. Uh, Good call. All right, so so one other form. uh, Again, we're 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 giving you this stuff because these are things you need to think about. It causes headaches. It does. And this is one last one here that I will give. Um, It is the form fifty four ninety eight. Now. This, okay. yep. this is uh, has to do with IRAs. Explain what this Form 5498 is for.
1: Well, 5498, have you ever wondered how the IRS knows how much your required minimum distribution should be?
0: Well, I don't you, have one yet, but, but, well, you but know, yes, you, it, I know what you mean, yes. I
1: mean, How does the IRS know how much I have in my IRA when I'm 72 or older or I'm a beneficiary and I need to take an RMD? How does the IRS know that I did or did not take the right amount? How do they know? I mean, Big Brother knows all, but how do they actually determine that? Well, one of the ways they know that is from the 5498. The IRA custodian, and this is one of the reasons why we have to have IRA custodians, because their job is to tattletale on us. The IRA custodian fills out a 5498 form. It's an informational form only, and they send the information to the IRS. It tells them how much of a contribution was made. That doesn't it, this is not about how much is taxable. This is about how much the contribution was and for what year it was made for, so they can look for that on your tax return. And also the fair market value of the account. This is how the IRS knows how much is in tax deferred accounts.
0: At by the end of the year at the end about of last year.
1: 1231 Last year's last year. value. Yeah. So that has that information on it. This is and usually these come out in May the 5498s, although some places send them out a little bit early. And because it is a tax form, it looks like every other tax form, 1099 and thing you're getting. It's got boxes that say this, that, and the other thing. And if you don't read it, you don't notice that it's not saying this is the taxable amount. It's just a it's a tax form. People, they usually get it after they file their taxes and they freak out. It's because I got a new tax form. What do I do with this? If it's a 5498, you can ignore it. You want to check it out just to make sure the numbers are right, but it is not something that you file with your tax return. It is an informational-only return that the IRA custodian is required to file with the IRS, and because the IRA custodian of your IRA is sharing your information with the IRS, they have to tell you exactly what they're telling the IRS, and so they send out the same form to the IRS and to you, so you, so you know exactly what the IRS knows. And you want to just look it over. If you made an IRA contribution, you want to make sure that was listed for the right year. And and other than that, file it away and don't fret about it. File
0: it away in your personal files, not with your taxes. It
1: does not get filed with your taxes. Uh, You don't necessarily have to give it to your tax preparer. The only reason you might give it to your tax preparer... which I can't imagine is because it gives the fair market values. And if you want to do your required minimum distribution calculation that way, that's one way to get your FMV. Most of the time we just look at our statements. (laughs) It's right there. Check the 1231 statement, right? Yeah. So the 5498s cause a lot of headaches because people will normally have already filed their tax returns when they get them and they don't know what to do with them. And they they go, I don't want to have to file an amended return. Well, the good news is, if the only thing that you've got that's giving you the headache is a 5498 you don't have to file an amended return because it's not part of the return, thankfully.
0: Well, and I, I would assume anybody who is taking RMDs uh, from their IRA is going to get one of these. Uh, well, anybody who makes a contribution. Or contribution.
1: Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, you get them at random times all through your life. I mean, I get them uh, even though I'm not an RMD yet age yet either.
0: <laughs> that's true. What about Roths?
1: Well, there'll be an IRA contribution on it. Uh, that, because the contribution was made to an IRA. It yeah. just happens to be a Roth IRA.
0: Okay. I haven't made a Roth contribution in many years, so I guess I should
1: pay, pay attention. attention to that. <laughs> Why? You're I, I'm okay. I'm not a
0: forms guy. I'm really not. I'm really not.
1: But we're just, today we're just trying to help alleviate what potential, what we've seen cause people headaches. Well,
0: it causes headaches, I guess, and they, they, they call you guys and say, and you they're, know, what do I do with this?
1: And w- when they're calling us because of this, they're usually mad. <laughs> that something that something has gone they wrong. Can't be mad at you. Well, but they're mad at the situation, which it gets directed, and you know, a lot of them are. Why does my ten ninety nine show the rollover? Uh, because they do. Why does my ten ninety nine not code the QCD the right way? Well, because there is no way to code it. But they don't like those answers. So, unfortunately, we're talking about taxes here, and it, while logic, and there is a certain logic to the taxation and the tax code. It's not common logic to what most no. people think is logic, and so uh, we unfortunately at times you just have to deal with the way life works. And this in taxes, this is the way it works, and we just unfortunately have to accept it.
0: Well, it is, and it causes consternation and, and grief uh, for some people because of the fact that you just mentioned when you get a letter from the Internal, oh, Internal Reven- man, that's Revenue Revenue. Now when I looked at uh, most tax questions I've gotten in the past from the IRS have been in an envelope with a little window in it. Yep. And, and where the statement is in your address shows through. The one I got recently was printed onto the envelope. So I thought, okay, it's probably.
1: You're better You're better off there. It's, it's just information. It's probably
0: okay. It's just tax information, <laughs> which is what it was. But it really, I mean, you know, people are confused by taxes. Are they not? Oh, I very mean, much so. And the, the, in, in, in the penalties for doing it incorrectly. We talked about the, the failure to file penalty. I don't it What is it, 50? Is it 50%? I, no, it's, it's a, much less than that. All right, but anyway, whatever it is, it's a huge amount. The
1: whatever failure, the amount is, it's more than we want to give them in the first place. We don't
0: want to give them a dollar. The the penalty for not taking your required minimum now distribution. that's the 50%. That's 50%, I know. I mean, you know, just there, there are penalties for doing things incorrectly, and the complexity of doing it is is really, I think,
1: causes a lot of angst, as we say. Now, now you mentioned that if the IRS is going to question your return, they do send you a letter. They do not call you. you they don't email you. They don't text you. Oh, so man. if you're getting yeah. a call from the IRS, a letter, it, the letter is the only way they're going to contact you at first. At first. You know, So if, if this is coming out of the blue and you're getting a phone call saying you owe money and you need to pay up or else the IRS agents are on their way over there to you know confiscate, Hang up on or just blow a whistle in their ear because that's a scam. Well it
0: is and and especially the ones who say the only way to pay is to go down to Target and, and get, get a, a gift of, card. A <laughs> bunch of gift cards for five thousand dollars and read us the number. Yeah. No, um, no,
1: no, no, no. Yeah,
0: we should remind people of that. That's that's handy information. But every year, every year there you you read about people who were taken by that. So
1: Now if you're like me and you don't check your mail that often <laughs> because the only thing in the mailbox is junk mail for the most part you
0: don't check your mail
1: oh i i could go at least a week 10 days without checking
0: oh, I, I, i'm old fat i still i, I I'll, I'll go twice if the mail mail deliver mail whatever person do you have a mailbox delivered. in front of your house yeah I have see, right we on have
1: the street. a well we have one on the street but it's a quarter mile away it's one of the community oh, well. boxes yeah okay it's, that i could maybe see And you know, and it's at the top of the hill, so <laughs> well. I, I have to walk up a hill. Oh, come on! I'm electric <laughs> scooter, Rick. Come on, man. My wife has an electric bike. I might start using that. But yeah, I don't check my mail every day. But if I want, if I think that I'm going to be receiving something, then I'm like, oh, I don't want it sitting in the mail, but I want to know. Yeah. And so the uh, postal service actually has a program. Uh, you know more about it than I do.
0: I it is. I, I you know what? It's this. It's called informed delivery. There is, uh, and, and I signed up for this a few years ago just because I heard about it. It was a free service at USPS.com. It's okay. It, yeah. What it does is it sends you in the mail, it sends you in your email, email photographs of the, the letters that went through their system. They're, they're, they can only be letter-sized envelopes. Right. So your W
1: twos, you- ten eighty nines will show up and well, you'll, see you'll get a heads up that says this is going to be in your mailbox in the next couple of days. So you might want to start checking it.
0: <laughs> right. So you'll know ahead of time if you should start worrying whether or not that IRS <laughs> Right. And so done. if
1: you receive the notice that your 1099 was in the mailbox and after seven, eight, nine, ten days it's still not showing up in the mailbox. There's a problem with your mail.
0: Well, there's a there's likely some kind of problem. So yeah, you
1: could you can do that. <laughs> we have um, one of those, you know, community mailboxes with 14 mailboxes in it. You use a key to yes. get your mail. I went to get the mail one day. There was no mailbox. Somebody had stole the oh, entire thing. It was
0: like, "Wait a minute." Well, again, then this is why you this is why you got to check. I yeah. found uh, in a I found just down the street from us mail that had been scattered around in the street Somebody overnight. grabbed it and tried to... It was in, from a, a neighborhood, you know, three miles away, but they, they had opened all this stuff. So anyway, be careful. Uh, if you want to do this informed delivery, usps.com. It's okay. Yeah. I'm not sure it's... Yeah, and well, it, everything is cracked up to be. And but. if
1: you get the email with the picture of what you're receiving, it may or may not be there the next day. It may be a couple days I've
0: found it can be upwards of a week, depending on... Okay different circumstances so yeah but it's
1: just something that it's if, just if something, you're concerned yeah, yeah i have not signed up for it I well mean, you know i i'll I, still go every 10 days
0: <laughs> i tried i tried to cancel it a year or two ago because i i just began deleting it because i i was so much junk that's all it is in, to me and that was coming in the mail in the actual mailbox and I think I tried to cancel it and they, they keep kept sending it. And then I says, well, all right, delete, delete, delete as I do with also, by the way, about 90% of the emails that I get in my house are junk emails. Yeah. I delete nine out of 10, I would say. Um, so, you know, mail is just mail is what it is anyway. Yeah. A lot of forms, a lot of deadlines, revised forms, professor. This is really can be confusing to some people. It can seem overwhelming. to Some people, uh, you folks do this, you know, obviously you just talked about this. If, if people I think have taxes are
1: fascinating, but I'm weird. I mean, people well, think I'm weird because of that. Well, I find it fascinating,
0: too. not for the strategy. I mean, I love the strategy. I've learned a ton of strategy. I do find that fascinating. I find the whole tax structure. I find all of that fascinating. And someday I'll write an article on how it works. <laughs> And it'll, it's, it'll, it'll I find you. the way
1: that you account for it on the tax reforms revealing. I mean, I, I can find a lot about how people do their finances just by looking at their tax return. And in some respects, they don't even know that they're doing it. <laughs> it's like, really? So you did, I did. Well, your tax return says you did it. Well, that's (laughs) it. And you know where to look on this stuff,
0: which is why I think the the services of a financial advisor like you or any of the folks at Lucia Capital Group can come in handy. Uh, Again, 800-644-1150. I want to mention the the Lucia Capital Group advisors. Long time, long time, decades long sponsors of this program. Um, But this is, again, another situation where it could be so helpful to have a financial advisor, because if you didn't know that Form 5498 was informational only, you might panic and, and 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 not uh, you know and, and, and try to file a revise or sit on hold with the IRS. Oh whatever. gosh, don't do that. You don't want to do that. If it's, you
1: didn't realize that the QCD had to be done at the tax return level, you may not. Have, you may end up paying taxes on something you shouldn't be paying taxes on.
0: And since you didn't know to question it, you yeah. may never find out.
1: Oh, the humidity.
0: <laughs> uh, 800-644-1150, the number at Lucia Capital Group. You can also find them online at luciacap.com. A lot of questions, taxes on there, uh, common questions we get. We post a lot of things there. You can find our uh, Lucia Capital Group weekly features, which we're going to be talking about this on one of those uh, features as well. Uh, 800-644-1150, as I said, or go to uh, luciacap luciacap.com. You can find us on Spotify as well. Make sure that you subscribe to our podcast get it downloaded you can listen anytime you want very convenient never miss an episode professor thank you for that i appreciate that i you know we don't talk a lot a lot about forms but i really it's think the this time of the year helpful and i think it was interesting and even if you're listening to this sometime outside of the tax time this will be helpful for you because you're gonna be back in tax time before you know it
1: paying taxes if you make it money you paying taxes are part of life.
0: It, it really is. Uh, thanks so much to my uh, my colleague and friend, Professor Rick Plum, Certified Financial Planner Professional (CFP) as we call him. Uh, for him and the rest of the staff here at Lucia Capital Group, appreciate you listening to the show. It is uh, managing your financial future. If I didn't mention that before, <laughs> <laughs> I, think I said. I think I said. Uh, well, at the beginning our old of the last one, shows.
1: you said the bucket strategy but, investing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> or, or yes. Anyway, it's managing your financial future. For all these people, I'm Johnny Dean. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next. The information provided should not be considered specific tax, legal, or investment advice and is not specific to any individual's personal circumstances. To the extent that this material concerns tax matters, it is not intended or written to be used and cannot be used by a taxpayer for the purpose of avoiding penalties that may be imposed by law. Each taxpayer should seek independent advice from a tax professional based on his or her individual circumstances. Different types of investments and or investment strategies involve varying levels of risk and there can be no assurance that any specific investment or investment strategy will be profitable for a client's or prospective client's portfolio. Thus, investments may result in a loss. Of of principle accordingly no client or prospective client should assume that the information presented serves as a receipt of or a substitute for personalized advice from LcG or from any other investment professional you should always seek counsel of the appropriate advisor prior to making any investment decision all investments are subject to risk including the loss of principal this material was gathered from sources believed to be reliable however its accuracy cannot be guaranteed IRA withdrawals will be taxed at ordinary income rates withdrawals prior to age 59 and a half may also be subject to a 10 percent penalty tax Roth IRA distributions of principal from a Roth IRA are tax-free however any earnings will be taxed at ordinary income income rates and a 10% penalty tax will apply if withdrawn prior to age 59 and a half or within five years of the date the Roth IRA was established, whichever is longer. Examples cited or hypothetical are for illustrative purposes only, are not guaranteed and subject to potential federal and state law amendments. There is no guarantee that you will achieve the results discussed or illustrated. Investments in non-traded real estate investment trusts, REIT, are subject to significant risks. These risks include, but are not limited to, limited operating histories, reliance on the advisors, conflicts of interest, payment of substantial fees to the advisors and their affiliates, and illiquidity. Rick Plum is a registered representative with and security and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. The investment professionals are affiliated with LPL Financial and are conducting business using the name Lucia Capital Group, a separate entity from LPL Financial.